Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Yeah. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. We in Outshine. Bitcoins, we got them. Acquire, never sell. But catch us rolling deep like Adele. Bitcoin, blockchains, cryptocurrencies. Three guys faded talking Bitcoin, no fee. That's the free Bitcoin podcast, insane. And adoption is still the only thing, thing, thing that matters, man. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode 185. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. I am host number three, Corey. We are currently sitting in our Airbnb in Keller, Texas, after the Bitcoin Super Conference, day two. Let's talk about a little controversy uh, who we talked to, we made some new friends, That's we true. had some good interviews. Yeah, we'll have a talk coming out from me that we will link to you whenever we get that link. Yep. Corey did a talk on the social implications of blockchain infrastructure, and it was good. It was much more sus- sustenance, is that the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Much more substantive, is that a word? What are you trying to say? It was better than the other talks because oh, it had okay. substance. It had substance. Yeah. So, like, let's let's start off with how much we don't care about McAfee and all these. <laughs> so I went to McAfee's talk, <laughs> and uh, it was at capacity. It was at capacity, and he made the crowd laugh, and a lot of people were nodding their head, and he spoon fed them, and they ate it all up. So it was a successful talk from his standpoint. But what does that say about the attendees? What did he there? say? Uh, okay, so someone asked him, what do you think about people who disagree with you? Actually, I'm going to talk on three things. First one, he says, is people don't disagree with me. They disagree with the way the technology is used. The things I say are all facts. Therefore, you cannot disagree with me. That's one. Number two, he just left his mining company three weeks ago. And... What? Yeah. So he had a mining company and he left it. Number three, someone asked him that why do you endorse ICOs on your Twitter that end up being scams? And he says that he talked with a company that he thought was really well and then he learned that that company paid a guy $10,000 just to talk to him and ended up taking everybody's money and clearing house. And he says he didn't do his due diligence and he says that's not going to happen again. So he's, he has a white paper team now. He has a team that does ICOs. They, they scrub people's teams. So he's at this point now where like he eats and sleeps crypto. But I fear it's for like the wrong reasons. I feel like he's just saying these things and he's not really doing these things. He might have, you're right. He can't afford a team of people to spoon feed him technical analysis. And then they can use his celebrity to boost that signal or make money off of it if they think it's going to be a good investment. But why would people listen to him? 
Well, that's because they bought, a, they bought a software in the late 90s and early 2000s. So past success dictates future success automatically? Money. Sometimes. I well, mean, but he hasn't made... Well, here's a beautiful swing. And, uh, James Altinger. Or whatever his name is. Yeah. James... 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 Uh, James, James Alter. Either way, he. I, I watched his talk. There was... He was humorous. He's done a lot of great things. Yeah. It but there like wasn't any substance. There was zero substance in his talk. Looks like a cartoon character. What is substance in the comics what we're talking about? If you have a point and you back it up. Evidence. 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 Or or insight. He didn't give any insight maybe into what's going on here, why things are going on here. And, and the little that he tried to do through giving the history of money was kind of wrong. And so it's it's like, he's, why are people so fanatic about listening to him? Because he has money and they think that if he has money and they listen to him, they'll get money? That's usually how it goes. When a rich person has a seminar, people show up so they can make money. This, uh, this is kind of like uh, the early days where you go to like a Tony Robbins seminar and trust fall and break arrows in your neck to find some kind of empowerment to be rich. You know, a lot of these people uh, are sheep. I don't know. There's, outside of those two, I found a lot of good value in a lot of the people that came to the conference. Like I, I met a lot of good projects. I met a lot of people who were just showing up to find new people that they wanted to meet to get better educated in, in the in the space. A good, a great reaction to us in the podcast. Mm-hmm. We had phenomenal placement on where our booth was. We were like right outside <laughs> of the main main hall. Our booth was so terrible compared to everybody's, but it didn't matter really because we were the product. So people people looked at us confused sometimes. Yeah, there was nothing on our booth. Like everyone around us had these massive, like well marketed booths and posters, and we had our business cards and us just sitting there. Say what you will, but we were the only ones there that had the actual product. And we constantly had people. We didn't walk around so much. No, there were products out there. Travel Block had a nice website. Yeah. <laughs> the mining company has some cool stuff. There's a lot of media there. Like my, big media. Yeah. My favorite company by far, Stack. Uh, Edge? No. Stack. The lawnmower people. The people that rebuilt lawnmowers app. Did they, did they re... It's the same damn app. It's the same exact app. They said lawnmower dropped the ball. And they picked it right back up. Did you ask them like, hey? Yeah, they were like, yeah, we know about Longmore. They just stopped. They got bought out by Coindesk and it changed. And we liked that app, so we rebuilt it. Yeah, remember we asked them, like, why did you pivot? And it's all that. And they're like, well, Coindesk bought them and they had to change. I wish they were honest about it. Yeah. So, Stack, look out for it. I will download it immediately. It's just just like the original. They pay us. (laughs) What do you mean? We're getting a sponsor? We're getting a stack sponsor? Are we going to get stacks for stack? Yeah, I'm not going to fully endorse them. Dude, we should go straight NASCAR mode. <laughs> like, even get, like, NASCAR suits and just start getting Velcro That's an idea. patches. <laughs> That's an idea. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. The guys, the Bitcoin podcast, and their NASCAR yeah. suits, full of sponsor, <laughs> sponsorship stickers. Like, you could be, you'd go to Shapeshift, like, hey, Corey's talking like 20 minutes. He can wear a Shapeshift shirt. 
you give us some money. <laughs> um, Do we talk about the controversy? Or we leave that alone. We can we talk. We should bit talk about, about our perspective of the controversy. Because so, that's all we can. For right, those we that sh- don't know, so we showed up. Um, one of the first talks was Charlie Shrem, and he was basically no show. He wasn't here. Everyone was a bit upset. They wanted to know why one of the main headliners, because if you look at the website, it's like, you know, headlining Charlie Schwimm. And we asked, and he said, I don't know what you're talking about. I have never agreed to this. Yeah. And so we dug deeper because that, to us, from that perspective, it looks shady for a conference. conference to be broadcasting that they have these headliners when they don't. When they don't. Because people come to specifically see these people and hope that they see other good stuff on the same time. And when those people don't show up and then they say that they had no idea, they never agreed to this type of thing, it looks bad on the conference as if they're just trying to sucker okay. people for their money. Turns out there are plenty of emails that we saw that Charlie, Charlie did agree to this. Out of context. There's, they, they could be cherry picked. It could not be because he said, <clears throat> I don't want yes to. He said the, the same. The, there are two scenarios. One, Charlie completely forgot, didn't show up, or didn't care. Yeah. He, he flaked out. Yeah. Two, there was more emails after him agreeing where he said, fuck off. Ah, uh, okay. All right, there we go. That they aren't showing. There's no way for us to know. That's but. Right. You can't really put either one of the. It's shady that he agreed and he's not there, but and then no one wants to give us more of the story, so we can't say anything about it. I agree with Richard Jacobs, the organizer, who says he could just email me and say, "Oh, I got a leg cramp, can't make it." But it seems very unlikely for someone to blow something off entirely after they've agreed to it. It seems like if you're in a position of a Shrem or a Voorhees or a top biller, it's very. Is it though? Because there's a, there's a chance that you get to the point, you get to the celebrity status where you just don't care anymore. Like you got to think that, that Charlie Shrim has gotten so much shit from a lot of people that he's just built a callus of brushing off the shit. If something yeah. doesn't happen, he doesn't like. He's like, what do I care? It's not gonna hurt me. When people stop inviting him, and people stop caring about, people aren't him. gonna stop inviting him ever. It's not gonna be a thing unless he like really fucks up again. So yeah. you're saying that you can do stuff like this, not not just talking about this incident, but you can do behavior like this and have no recourse when you get to a certain level. If I'm Snoop Dogg and I blow off a couple concerts on my tour, it's fine. Tell me, tell me who's going to stop inviting Roger Ver to conferences? I'll stop inviting Charles Shrem to our show because last time he was on, he was writing an <laughs> essay while we were asking him questions, and that's that was a good rude. conversation though. It was at least a good conversation. The first part of it, then when we ask him questions and he goes, he does the uh-huh, yeah, and you can hear him typing in the background. <laughs> it's like, dude, we're having an interview right now. How about you close Either it? way, that's over. But I'll the, tell you who won't invite him. Richard Jacobs. That's, that's, that's probably not going to be a cup of tea and some beers. Yeah. Uh, we should set it up where we get Richard Jacobs on the show for a roundtable and then have Charlie Shrimp call in. <laughs> And it's just totally ambushed, and we make them get along or so you fight were on saying the air. We're not TMZ yesterday. 
<laughs> this is what you come up with. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's let's kill it because uh, this also happened to Peter Saddington, and he will be on our show in a couple of weeks, and we'll just hear from the horse's mouth. It wasn't a Shrem incident, but the same scenario happened to him. He could talk to it. Uh, all in all, it's hard to run a conference, but we want to make sure that people who are listening to us are not aligned with things that are shady. So we would like to know what happened. That's why we, that's why we dug so much into it. We don't want to endorse anything that's shady and shit looks shady from the beginning. We just don't know really anything anymore. So whatever. Anyway, the rest of the conference was fun. I like, I like the, the like people who walked up to the booth that were like, what do y'all do? We run a podcast, Bitcoin podcast. Who are you guys? We're the Bitcoin podcast. He's like, yeah, no shit. You're a Bitcoin podcast. So like, no, 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 no. We're the Bitcoin podcast. That's the name. Yeah. And he was like, oh, okay. Yeah, but then he was so like 19, like 30 zoot suit, like, oh, the name's Andre. Here's my card. It's like, get out of here. Anyways, uh, the conference was fun from an aspect of like we weren't ever, I've never been behind the booth before. So seeing people come up to us, seeing people that know us, for everyone that stopped by and, you know, said, hey, I listen to the show all the time. Mark, Jesse, um, Brian, um, I think one guy's <coughs> name was Lane, like not you, Lane, from Slack. <coughs> it could have been you from Slack Lane and you were not you're being weird, but there was another line that listens to us. Uh, all you guys that stopped by the booth, that's thank you. Wayne. Um, big shout out to Wayne. Wayne. Holding down the booth when I had to Wayne is you guys that are listeners and fans, you need to step your game up because Wayne <laughs> Wayne came to meet us. And Richard Jacobs, if you were listening to this, I snuck him in. And by snuck him in, I mean I opened the door and he came in. That's it. So, if you ever want to get into a conference, just go. And I approached the <laughs> just, just go. I approached the booth, and he was sitting in my chair, and you're like, go get another chair. I'm like, not. He, he go gets another chair. It's my chair. And now that I know Wayne, I will gladly go get a chair next time he's in my seat. Good guy. Yeah, Wayne stopped by, held down the booth while we had to get interviews and Good guy. be interviewed. That was cool for us to get on the other side of the mic for once. And I think we handled it pretty well. Uh, we were well. We were interviewed by some like local news radio station. A couple that of was them. good, and I mean, all in all, the the conference was saw Mr. Ken Bozak. Saw Ken Bozak. Ken, all's good in the hood for those wondering. Yep. Um, what else? Are we? Are we going to another? This will be our last conference for a while. I thought we were going to Dubai. Is no, that how you say that? Dubai. We're not going to Dubai. We're going to consensus. I thought we were going to Dubai. We're going to consensus. I'm going to consensus. Uh, we are not going to consensus. I'm going to consensus. Consensus is agreement. That's we're not. We can't get in there yet. We're not. Give bombing. it another year. Yeah, we. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. They won't let us in because the Bitcoin podcast. I bet yeah. you they won't. Consensus is Ethereum. We'll get there. I bet no, you. No, no, no. We consensus should lean on right from CoinDesk. The one in May or in New York? In New York. Oh, not consensus, consensus, but consensus yeah. by CoinDesk. Good, good different differentiation there. Yeah. Anyway, consensus, consensus, consensus. 
Anyways, uh, we have we have two very special interviews for you today that yep. really give you the breadth of the type of people that were at this conference. Yeah, yeah. So you have a high level who's he badass, and then low level these blockchain guys. These blockchain guys. <laughs> these blockchain very guys. high level, detailed technical analysis coming from Boosie Badass himself from the Dirty South. Whatever you said. If you're unfamiliar with him, wipe me down. Wipe me down. I-N-D-E-P. All those hits. E-N-T. We should all sing it. We all know it. I mean, you got your own house. Maybe the outro music could be a... I'm not trying to see that with these bad And he seems like he's paying attention to the space now. He's listening to this show. Yeah, it's going to be... So, yeah, we're going we're going all the way across the spectrum from ultra-technical to, like... Rapper getting in the game. Yeah. Back to a little B status. No, man. No. No. I got to defend. Whoa. I got to defend it. Boosie. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to disrespect Boozy. Is Boozy or is Lil B still talking about crypto? The second that interview was done, he hasn't mentioned crypto one time. I think Boozy is going to commit 2018. Maybe. He, he's here. He showed up. He sure. left a, he left a, a both days. A show. He Both left days. a show and flew down here to go to a conference. That's so, very to true. look around. And he was like at desks. He was like at the booths. That's very true. People. We want to let this know. This is a quote by Dr. Solomsky. Oh, is that that's, not that's not his name. Anyway, <laughs> Doc, Dr. Swarovski asked who is on Lil Boosie's team so that Lil Boosie sacrificed 200 grand to come fly out to this conference. Um, which is very, very believable because he's, I mean, he's a rap rapper, so that's what they do. Um, and he came out to this conference for both days to, to learn, self-educate. And then we, on the other end of the spectrum, we have Mamir. It's Mimir, a Mamir blockchain solutions, Mamir blockchain solutions. And they are the first company that I've heard of. I, maybe I don't listen to a lot of things. I heard of trying to create an environment that incentivizes a node operator to operate a node. You incentivize to operate a node. I don't mean like a miner because there's obvious incentivization, incentives there. I'm talking about just running a node. You're incentivized to do that. So um, here it is. All right, today we're here with Hunter and Nicholas from Lumiere Blockchain Solutions. Guys, welcome to the show. Um, why don't we start with Hunter? Tell us where you came from, why you're here. Uh, grew up in uh, Texas, actually, a small town called Kerrville. Um, I uh, met my business partner, Nicholas Fierro, while I was in the U.S. Navy operating nuclear reactors. Um, while I was finishing my computer engineering degree, he was off uh, working with the Ethereum Foundation in Switzerland. Um, what brought me here today is the company that I've started with my uh, founding partner, Nick. And what we're trying to address is the accessibility concerns around blockchain, specifically the Ethereum blockchain. I'm Nicholas Fierro, Florida born and raised. In the Navy with Hunter, we were on the same ship, operating the reactors together. We also ran the secret computer network for the reactor plant. Secret computer. Secret yeah. Computer. After that, we, uh, well, I got the opportunity to go participate with Ethereum out in Switzerland. I did all their, uh, 
I implemented the web site, the server infrastructure, the cold storage protocol. And after that, I tried to go learn a little more in depth about how computers are made so that I can understand what a blockchain is, especially Ethereum, because it's just a virtual machine. So it's the same as a physical computer, it was just turned into code. So what is what is Lemire blockchain solutions? First off, why Lemire? Where'd that come from? Lemire is the Norse god of wisdom. And if you ever see Odin portrayed, he wears an eye patch. And Lemire has this well of knowledge. And Odin gave his eye to have a drink of it. How does that tie into Lemire's solutions? Uh, so what we're working on is being able to have knowledge about the blockchain from a device that can't run a node. So uh, remote interaction. And so this is why I'm, we said uh, drinking from the well of knowledge. It's quite literally we're giving you the knowledge of the blockchain. That's that was why the analogy came up. And this isn't just this isn't just reading the blockchain. This is something more advanced than that. More. What, what, what exactly do you mean other than just reading the blockchain and giving knowledge? Well. Currently, there are, uh, as an example, 30 million approximately Ethereum addresses. Uh, there are only 30,000 nodes. What this tells us, along with a lot of other public information, is that the vast majority of individuals are asking about the blockchain's state, the bounce of accounts, the nonce of an account, whatever, state of a smart contract, and they're asking a single centralized third party for that information. Um, we consider that a design... Uh, if not a flaw, at least a concern. Uh, the reason we spend all of this extra energy to run a blockchain is so that disinterested third parties can validate each other's work and ensure no one can act maliciously. If you're asking a centralized point for information, uh, that seems counterintuitive to the whole process. So how does that work? Walk me into like someone interacting with what you're building and how that relates to getting information, well, gleaning information from the blockchain. The, the end user wouldn't even know that we were there. I mean, how, uh, how does MetaMask operate? I like that. Yeah. Well, that, MetaMask operates as a, as a portal. It, it turns your browser into an Ethereum browser. Yeah, they're secure. Uh, they securely store your keys and connect you with an existing node True. that has this information. It could be Etherscan. It could be any old RPC server in Europe. But the issue with these centralized models is that they do not preserve the underlying principles of blockchain. Why would you trust a, why would you trust a third party for information when you can just go and get it directly from the horse's mouth? So you say because is the, the, the canonical answer usually for this is run your own node. Because you can just point MetaMask or whatever the service is to your own node. Absolutely. But, but the vast majority of individuals are apparently not interacting with the system in this way. For instance, Infura just published um, some numbers that indicated they'd served over 6 billion requests in one day. And I absolutely applaud their efforts because that is amazing that they can carry that kind of volume. Now, the reason that we're seeing this pattern is the fact is most people don't have their laptop or their desktop computer in a backpack with them at all times. What they have is a cell phone. And this is how they interact with the blockchain. But cell phones fundamentally cannot run nodes. They may be able to run light clients, but even those are not necessarily a favorable uh, mechanism because they can drain your battery depending on how many accounts you're tracking and how often you're syncing or not syncing the blockchain. It's problematic. So what we're trying to do is allow for the same type of convenience of uh, 
interaction through a web API while preserving the same kind of security you get with a light client. And that's kind of the point. What if cell phones are, what if they evolve just like how they always have and they can run a node? So what you're talking about right now is um, there's threefold problems. Uh, You have the problem of bandwidth, i.e. how many gigabytes of data do you want to download to your cell phone and how much of your uh, data plan do you want to consume just so that you can process payments? Mm -hmm. Second one is battery consumption. Um, And this really comes in two forms. One, this comes in the form of the cryptographic computations associated with block validation. The second form is in terms of your antenna. Your antenna and your screen are the two most power-hungry devices on your cellular, which means that you're continuously syncing information, doing heavy computation, and then storing that information onto a limited uh, storage device. Mm -hmm. I mean, most people don't want to have their battery drain in a few minutes. In fact, a great example of this, um, I was using my cell phone to sync the blockchain last night. Sorry, Nick. I'll pay for the phone bill. Um, I got got that limit message, by the way. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Verizon. Anyway, I consumed all of my uh, Verizon hotspot data in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. That's problematic. Yeah. Well, everyone has smartphones, but do I need a certain current, made in the last two years type of smartphone for this to be effective? Uh, for what? The service that we're building? Yeah. No, so- the, the service that we're building is literally, um, it is transparent from the perspective of the end user. You shouldn't even know that it's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people that need to know that it's there are the developers, the people who are trying to bring products to market quickly, securely, and reach a broader audience that includes a mobile platform. And those are the people that we are targeting our product at, but the end consumer is the one who gets the real benefit, along with the developers in terms of lower times to market, you know, all of the other things that come with the web API model. So I'm seeing this yeah. as well as the people hosting the software, the blockchain nodes, because they, in turn, can be paid for performing this service as a sharing economy that you can participate in for no higher cost than what you are already doing. I'm saying this somewhat as a intermediary mesh network on top of the, the network, like Ethereum network, for instance, that then provides a more efficient service to like clients that would want to access the bottom line. Well, all right, so to, I guess, get kind of technical with it, you can think of it as, I guess, what you'd call an overlay network. Um, but... What we're really doing is we're, we're setting up, as Nick said, a peer-to-peer economy. We have 30,000 individuals on the Ethereum network that have this information, and we have apparently 6 billion people requesting that, or 6 billion requests worth of people getting that information every day. But we don't have any mechanism to facilitate these two individuals or these two parties directly coordinating to get that information out. This is what we're trying to facilitate is... We allow someone to run a piece of software in parallel to their note. That software is programmed in Rust. It is um, publicly available, auditable under an MIT license, which means anyone can go read it and verify that we haven't done anything concerning or shady in that software. Um, It's run inside of Docker containers to isolate it from your uh, operating system. And at the end of the day, what um, we do with this software is we allow someone to use... um, basically what is an IOT messaging protocol to exchange messages back and forth with your node out to their mobile device. And we sit in the sideband and we are passive observers ensuring that everyone plays by the rules. And really the rules that we have to enforce are you append valid cryptographic signatures to everything you say. That's fundamentally what we as a third party have to ensure is occurring. And then the people inside of the system police each other because when you send a request, it doesn't just get observed 
by one person. It gets observed by many people. And in the event that one of these people says something that is a lie or malicious, there is a proof-of-stake mechanism that allows us to reclaim value from that individual so that the net effect is that it's never worth lying because you can make money, to be honest, or you can lose a ton of money to lie. That was my next question. We effectively are are creating HTTPS for the blockchain. We all know that little green lock on the side of your browser bar that made internet business possible because you're not sending your banking information over clear text. We're extending that same security to the blockchain and to mobile devices in that economy. What incentivizes a node runner to run your node as well? They are paid on a per request basis. So in essence, uh, there's this little joke I like. There is no cloud. It's always somebody else's computer. So instead of being uh, in a server farm somewhere, paying an exorbitant amount of money for this service, you can instead pay a fraction of a penny to somebody who already runs it, and they, in essence, become, we, we've, we're we creating thousands of micro servers. We, we're, we're bringing the cloud from centralized servers to the to the real idea of the cloud, everyone's own computer. Do you see this as kind of incentivizing people to run nodes? Because yes. that's kind of an issue. Way to grow the network. Yeah, I see that. I see that it's current a current issue in, across the board, right? You can't incentivize people to run a full node. This could potentially be one of those ways to incentivize them. If they'd like to get money for feeding information to like clients that want information, they run a node in your service and potentially make money off of helping the network grow and be more secure. Exactly, and it incentivizes archival nodes. You need a full history of the blockchain for it to be secure. I just recently found out that Ripple's missing blocks, so you just like for that whole period of time, you don't know what happened because (laughs) there were no blockchain, right? No archival (laughs) nodes. If there were archival nodes incentivized to do this service, they wouldn't be in that. And so, this is what we're trying to provide: grow the network, make it secure, make it accessible. I just spin it back. To the origin, like, how did you guys come across this problem? Was it something that, I know, you were, you were, I love you guys. <laughs> yeah, is, sure. it, is it, is it from a need? Like, you guys were trying to do something, and you're like, we can't, we yeah, can't we, do uh, this if we don't build this tool. So, a couple different things kind of came into it. Um, we were originally developing some really high throughput services that uh, just wouldn't be able to work, uh, on mobile devices without this underlying service. Right? We originally want one of our side projects is an augmented reality application that can create virtual real estate for um, any horizontal space. So you have the idea that you own this property, but now you can own your flat surfaces and turn them into media generating spaces. Um, and then on top of that, you know, my, my foster dad would always nag me, you know, why can't I just turn my computer on and make money? You know, the, 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 uh, very quickly, miners <laughs> That's became, one hell of a nag. Right? <laughs> miners became a, uh, a commodity yeah. that you could not easily afford. And, yeah. and so why can't just anyone turn on their computer and participate in this network in, in, in a way that makes them money? And, you know, my foster dad was the kind of man who, he stopped driving his car and he started riding a motorcycle and started taking the turnpike just to save a few pennies a day because things were that tight and there are a lot of people out there like that that could really use this opportunity to provide some sort of passive income. Mm. Do you see an issue? That's that's wonderful. I applaud that ideal, but running an archival node is expensive in terms of the hardware required to do so. 
what's more, I mean, we what, have what, effectively created a system in which you can do it on a Raspberry Pi. So a $35 computer with an external hard drive, and you have everything you need to do it. You can run an archival mode on it. Yeah, oh, yeah the hard drive space is the most important factor. Um, so, you know, an external hard drive that can carry that capacity, and the rest is a $35 computer. But, you know, circling back to before, people already do this. 30,000 people in the Ethereum network alone already perform this service for no benefit of, of other than their own access or their own, you know, mental fancy to just be a participant in the network. It's based off of altruism. And exactly. Mm-hmm. So how can we can take that altruism and we can actually provide a useful service? We also find this exciting because right as we're undertaking this project to try and fix this problem, there is, uh, of course, the, the play of trying to increase the throughput of the, the Ethereum network, which is the transition from uh, proof of work into a proof of stake mechanism. And so we're excited about the fact that there's going to be a lot of people who are miners out there that already know how this type of business model works, that they essentially run a computer and they get paid in a cryptocurrency to provide a service, and it is to their benefit to do so. And this is this is what really excites us, is the simultaneously there's going to be people who are um, with extra computers that are willing to fill such a role, hopefully, and we have a need for these people to occupy, and that would be really great if it would just line up all, you know, nice and smooth. Um, but, yeah, it's, I, I think that there's, there's a lot of things that we set out to try and solve and maybe it was a huge undertaking but i'm i'm proud of what we came up with and i'm proud of what we've been building and i hope that uh, i hope the community kind of understands why we did it and what we're up to how's, it, how's the community get, get to you guys uh right now we're trying to build our community up um i mean it's it's hard to get people really excited about infrastructure plays but oh, every time yes, we is. get somebody to sit down and kind of <laughs> talk about it and understand it, it it makes more sense and so actually one of the things that we've been building now is um, some pet projects where we uh, do things like allow people to receive push notifications if they subscribe to a service anytime someone sends a transaction to or from their account. Right now, this is just pointed at the Robson Testnet. We're going to be spinning up a production quality uh, system for this very soon. But this is just an example that hopefully will allow people to see what having a massive decentralized infrastructure would allow in the future. And so, yeah. Um, I haven't had anyone get angry at us for what we're doing, at least. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get more people excited. So, so If you want to learn more, you can go to um, you know, mamirblockchain.solutions. We just recently started a telegraph, or a telegram, excuse me. Um, do you know what Telegraphs are old device. Yeah, right, telegraphs are old, <laughs> old school. Telegram, yeah, well, you, you. You can find the telegram on the website. I We just put it up the other day. I don't I'll, I'll do you one better. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll uh, find it. You're Thanks. One last you're question. Man. In 10 words or less, can you describe blockchain? You go first. Mm. We've never done this in person. Yeah, this is awkward, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Global computer clock asynchronous ledger immutable state stone words awkward <laughs> eight alright that's yeah. eight we got a winner yeah feels like it's hard distributed decentralized updated access controlled History book of state changes. That's that 10 on the dot. 
All right, guys. We'll thanks for coming it. on the show. Yes, uh, I look forward to making my node make me some money instead of just running it yeah. for pure altruism. Because so. I've been saying that for years. Like, why can't we just let nodes make money? I feel like that would solve some problems. I'm glad that there's finally somebody working on it. So thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for having us on here given, <laughs> so. the, given the opportunity to get the word out. Yeah. All right. Well, it's only fitting that we are down south for a crypto conference, and we're here with a down south hip-hop legend, Boozy Badass. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Now, when I think crypto conferences, you're not the first name that comes to mind. So we got to know kind of where did this pivot come from? What makes you excited about this technology and kind of how do you want to utilize it? Well, uh, well crypto is, you know, it's, it's the new way. Uh, I basically like to get on every new way that's going on. Uh, I got referred to, you know what I'm saying, a little while back and, uh, it's just, it's just, it's just the new ecosystem for everything that's going on. You know? Absolutely, cash ain't gonna be worth no money. In the and I'm just getting educated and uh, networking with people. And uh, you know, this, this is the new money, and I, and I like money. Absolutely, and, you know, I can tell by the chain. <laughs> <laughs> and it all, and you know, it also is gonna help the, you know, the blockchain gonna help the music industry also. Um, we'll make us get a lot more independent money, keep our money for ourselves, and the labels taking so much of our money. Um, and it's just a movement, and, and, and I'm a part of it. And all the rappers in here at the convention every day, so uh, yeah, sure says a lot. So this is more than just you know buying your albums with Bitcoin. You want to go beyond that. You right, have, you have a bigger vision than that. Yeah, I have a, I have a, I have a huge vision. You know, I want my own Bitcoin. You know, that's my vision. Yeah, um, that's what I'm trying to get right now. I'm trying to start my own coin. Uh, and I'm also, uh, you know, I'm gonna do some promotion for a lot of people's stuff. And you know, they they gonna look out for me. Give me a, a lot of share. Yeah. Do you uh, you got a name for your coin yet? Nah, I don't have a name yet. I'm just I'm dialoguing. Okay. But everything I dialogue, I, I put it into put it into play. Did you see anything you liked from the conference so far? Anything that stood out that you uh, liked the most? I like the uh, I like the social wallet. I want to check the social wallet. Uh, I like the. Uh, the travel thing, the travel guy too, man. The travel block. The yeah. travel block. Yeah. I like it that. So uh, it's a couple of them that I believe in. You know, uh, some of them I'm so shaky, I'm so and so, but some of them I believe in. And uh, sometimes you gotta follow your heart. What about the opposite way? Do you see any that you're just like never? I'm not touching it <laughs> with anyone else's. I wouldn't touch that yeah, with someone else. I, 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 I basically. When they're delivering to me, I, I judge on the butts. You have too many butts, or <laughs> you know, I, I like doubt that. you more than the the for show. I saying. like a for show conversation. I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Better than a but. And if the FFC and if this is it, you sound like you don't know enough. That's a good point. So, I guess hip-hop entertainers in the past, they haven't gotten past just accepting crypto for their album. Do you think it's because the hurdles are too tough, or do you think they just haven't self-educated 
themselves enough about it. I mean, they just having self educated themselves. Yeah, because there's there's no music companies, there's no booths up there about nah, it. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, just booths. Yeah, um, they haven't they haven't educated themselves about it. Uh, Fifty Cent, he's educated on it, mm-hmm. uh, but they haven't educated themselves on it because everybody like like money, especially if they knew how this going to make a difference. Right. You know, everybody be jumping on this bandwagon. You know, you like realize it, we're early. Like one Bitcoin could be worth, man. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. yeah. Okay. That's why I don't even want to tell them too much. You know, about me being here. You know, uh, but uh, I just feel like they're not self-educated. Yet. You know, most entertainers they just think cash is everything. You know, a lot, a lot of entertainers they're they not self-educated with the, I, I think the transformation is about to make yeah. in all areas. Like, Talking about new ATM machines. You're talking about things that a lot of, a lot of stuff gonna get shut down. Yeah. Like people don't know a lot of stuff gonna get shut down. Yeah. So, in all the, the self education that you've done, is there any cryptocurrency that stands out the most uh, to you? The one that you like the most? Uh, Maybe you know. What do you hold yourself? If you want to disclose that, like, what would you do? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, how about uh, last question? A roadmap. Like, 2018, the world is yours. I know we're expecting a coin from you. Um, you know, maybe any products that people could be on the lookout oh, for. Oh, yeah. I have my, right now, I already have my, my clothing line, Jewel House, that's doing pretty good. It's been based like two or three years now. I got my liquor. It's doing real good. Boosie juice. Yeah, boosie juice. Pick that up. Yeah. We'll be picking yeah. that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Best vodka in the world, man. <laughs> I got the boosie juice. Uh, I got my headphones, fan stereo headphones. I got my boosie chips. Nice. Uh, hold on. I think. Oh, I got my barbecue sauce on the way. I got the blockchain barbecue sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I got my shoes, I got my shoes, the Boosie Badass kicks on the way. And I'm just branding, man. I'm just branding. I got a big following. I got a crazy following. I'm just using it to brand myself, you know, with things that's bigger than me. Sure. Yeah. I make money more than just music. Yeah. I see you're such an entrepreneur. You're going through the Rolodex of everything that you got going. Right. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Oh, my cologne deal. See? (laughs) (laughs) I just did a cologne deal two weeks ago. we're going we're gonna to do it straight online. It's called Dangerous. Uh, I'm just branding myself, man. I'm just branding myself, being places like this so I can, you know, uh, get to that level that, you know, everybody want to be in. That's yeah, like absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess one last question. In 10 words or less, can you describe blockchain? Decentralized. Uh, it, it, it less than ten words. Less than ten words. You can go over, but I mean, I mean, there's be, not like yeah. a penalty for going over. It's just our favorite question that we. Or have. maybe kind of you know the the new stuff that you're learning about the space and you kind of describe it. Uh, uh, that's too you said. Uh, get it stu- uh, Hold on, you can. Uh, I would just say get it increase, increase, and and think. Okay. You gotta think with blockchain. Yeah, you do. It's very true. You know, you can't just. You gotta think with it. Because if you don't, you lose your money, and nobody likes that. Right. So you right. gotta know what you're doing. Right. right. You gotta get it. You, but it's positive regardless. But you gotta think with it. 
Yeah, I like it. It's not just music. It's about entrepreneurship as a whole, and you're taking advantage of it. Yeah, we man, personally you never know. You know, I got guys lost around Christmas time. Like, you know, you know how I get. Yeah, we'll keep tabs on you, and uh, we'll, we'll see all this stuff grow. And is it you want to plug this? Oh yeah, I got the uh, the shoes coming out. Uh, oh, I like bad, it. Badass kicks and shit. So. Any tentative release date on that? Nah, nah okay. I ain't got no tentative. So we get a we get a first sneak peek at that. I yeah, like it. Yeah. I like it. So we work. Yeah, all right, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Anytime. And we're back. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Nick Hero and Hunter Hunter-Goss from Mimir. That was really robotic. It was real robotic. It's some memorization skills. I've met a lot of people. I really enjoyed talking to them. They are yeah. sharp dudes that are building something that I think could be really cool. They are. And they know they're working on infrastructure. And they know how hard that is to get out and do it. Into the ether. I love using like quick. I guess for those of you who say there's nobody out there interviewing a full range of people, yeah, you can go shove it because that's that's pretty broad range right there. Between we did those back to yeah. back. Yeah, you can get some nodes that make you money, and then you can get some boozy juice and wash that information <laughs> yeah. down. Boozy juice. Boosie bad at we literally best did boosie. those interviews back to back. <laughs> back to back. We should do those like, two dudes from Premier Blockchain Solutions got up and Lil Boost sat, sat down. down. Yeah. And then one of the dudes was like, That's Lil Boosie. We're like, Yup. Yeah, that's Lil Boosie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because I didn't know I was first chair to Boosie. Like we're like some kind of tonight show and like we're just rotating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and while we were doing this, there might you might have heard some background noise. There was like some kind of weird ass party. There was a cosplay for like like, I think it was a cosplay, but like But it was terrible cosplay. I, it might have been like stack clown cosplay. <laughs> it was so bad. It was they were all just like clowns. Like and they were not very good clowns. Yeah. But like scary clowns. Just like half-ass, I bought a wig at the at the dollar yeah, store like clown. Pink skirts and jean shorts, I laying was, down on the friggin' with the multicolored wig. I was like, you just went to the dollar store and got your clown out. Here's a story behind like that. Always oh, walking into it. So we thought we had found a, a a a spot in this conference center that was quiet where we could record. And um, when I went to go back, the business center was locked because it was that we were going to take over the whole business center. <laughs> because that seemed like a reasonable thing to do at the time. So I went back, the door was locked. And then the dudes were with like, hey, we just go downstairs. Um, there's a table over there. And you can only see like a section downstairs with the table like just by itself and lonesome and quiet. Mm-hmm. And as we're walking down these stairs, there is a swath of like fake clowns. Fake clowns. Like just down there, like partying. It was they didn't. Weird, they didn't care about us walking down there and taking a table. They didn't yeah. say a word to us, but they were. We were just like, "What world did we just walk into? Like, what the fuck is That's going on?" I almost want to explore. <laughs> it's like, what? Does, what how we this? left the blockchain conference. We're in somewhere uh, new. Well, if we thought that, think what Boozy's entourage thought, <laughs> and they walked down those yeah. stairs. <laughs> what I want to know is like, what. Life decisions lead you to the point where 
you are going to an airport hotel to dress up like a cheap clown with other people that are dressing up like a cheap There's clown. a good amount of folks there. They're playing some music. They were getting down. I mean, there's my little pony parties in the world somewhere. You know? yeah. just weird people up The dude in the office next to me at work, we were, I was like walking through. We you know, do some small chit-chat sometimes. And, he was out for a little while. I was like, hey, man, where you been? He's like, oh, I was at a conference. I was like, oh, yeah, what'd you go do? He's like, he looked, he took a moment, and he goes, there's a furry conference. <laughs> One of my coworkers just walked out. He didn't, say anything. <laughs> didn't even say anything. And I was like, I was like, that would be me. Really? <laughs> that would be me, dude. But that's sad because that pause, that pause is everything. And I was like, he knew. I've been he knew. lying about this. I'm going to go with the truth. He's like, he knew. He knew. He's like, it was a furry conference. I was like, really? Tell me about that. Like, I, was like, I was like, he's like, those parties are wild. I don't go to those. I was like, yeah, sure you don't. Yeah, this is why it's shut furry parties. <laughs> sure you don't. Yeah. Oh, man. Not even parties, a conference. So like yeah, cool. I'm ho- I hope that people like that, in our audience like going to furry conferences. Good for you. <laughs> Kudos to this dude for just being like, you know what? I'll tell him. You should have asked him, does, does your furry does your furry costume come with or without a girl for real? And then he would have been like, oh my god. And so you <laughs> can find us on Stitcher. <laughs> find us on Spotify. It's up at the BTC podcast. You can't just transition. To oh, I did from the crazy. Oh, I did. Um, if you have a problem you or you're curious it. about any of this stuff <laughs> with the controversy, if you think we handled it wrong, tweet us. Don't tweet us. Come to the Slack. Yeah. Talk to us. We'll talk back. The key point in all of this was we're trying to stay authentic. We don't want to be affiliated with things that aren't. So the more we know, the more we can tell you all to stay away from. So got information, let us know. Got an opinion, let us know. We had people come up to us on both sides of the story at the conference that were like, hey, man, I appreciate all that y'all did for that. And then like, hey, what are y'all doing? Yeah. So, But one tweet is powerful. Yeah. Hey, uh, special shout out to Jordan who tried to body us at the table. His name was Jordan. His name was Jordan. He had a really terrible beard. Don't Shame ever beard, do Jordan. that again, Jordan. Yeah, he just brown tooth too. Yeah, don't. <laughs> because that was strange and unprofessional. And I'd say most of the unprofessionalism came from him. Out of all of us, was yeah. just that dude. And don't awkwardly body someone. All right, this is just friendly body bodying advice, Jordan. If you're gonna body <laughs> someone, bodying advice. you don't like pinball between the three characters. You come up to the desk, you make yourself wide, put your hands on the table, talk directly to one person, and try and body them into getting them to do it. Don't like awkwardly pinball around. It was weird, and don't do that. Anymore. And don't insult a guy that could buy your life ten times over. Yeah, who's that? Ooh, Trump. Yeah, like don't. Yeah. Who, who cares if he's on meds? Go buy your life. Doesn't yeah. matter. Like just the the guy can. He's got to pass. Eh, I don't. I don't. I don't like that. I don't like that. If someone fucks you over, fuck, 
them. He didn't fuck him over. He, Jordan didn't care. He didn't care. What? That was a Richard. Oh, we're not. We're not with this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Check th- out us. Shout yeah, out no, to. No, we actually need to promote. All right. At BBTC. Go ahead. Charlie. Shout out to former middleweight champion Michael Bisping. We got to take a selfie with me. Yeah. He was at the conference. And shout out to Pussy as well. Um, Corey, you got any blogs coming? Yeah. All right. The Bitcoin or medium.com slash the Bitcoin podcast. Blogs. Excuse me. Um, We've been drinking. What else did we do? Enough. All right. That's it. Uh, play. Yeah. Let's go.